Good morning, friends. Today is Sunday, the 25th of October, 2020. It's a rainy Sunday here where I am and feeling a little more like fall than it had been. I don't know how it is where you are, but I hope that whatever the weather, it's a blessed day. Our readings this morning are Psalm 63 verses 1 through 8 and Psalm 98. Ecclesiasticus, or the wisdom of Jesus, Jesus son of Sirach, 18, 19 through 33, 1 Corinthians 10, 15 through 24, and the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. By what we have done and by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your incarnate Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Be joyful in God, all you lands. Serve God with gladness and come before God's presence with a song. Know this. God is our only true and holy sovereign. They themselves has made us and we are theirs. We are God's people and the sheep of God's pasture. Enter God's gates with thanksgiving. Go into God's courts with praise. Give thanks to God and call upon God's name. For God is good. God's mercy is everlasting. And God's faithfulness endures from age to age. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Psalm 63, verses 1 through 8. O God, you are my God, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. Because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. I will lift up my hands and call on your name. My soul is satisfied as with a rich feast, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips when I think of you on my bed. 
and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I sing for joy. My soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Psalm 60, or I'm sorry, Psalm 98. Oh, sing to God a new song, for God has done marvelous things. God's right hand and God's holy arm have gotten God victory. God has made known God's victory. God has revealed God's vindication in the sight of the nations. God has remembered God's steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to God with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the Sovereign, our God. Let the sea roar in all that, is, in all that fills it, the world and all who live in it. Let the floods clap their hands, let the hills sing together for joy. At the presence of God, for God is coming to judge the earth. God will judge the earth with righteousness. God will judge the world with righteousness, excuse me, and the peoples with equity. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Ecclesiasticus, or the Wisdom of Jesus, Son of Sirach, chapter 18, verses 19 through 33. Before you speak, learn, and before you fall ill, take care of your health. Before judgment comes, examine yourself. And at the time of scrutiny, you will find forgiveness. Before falling ill, humble yourself. And when you have sinned, repent. Let nothing hinder you from paying a vow promptly, and do not wait until death to be released from it. Before making a vow, prepare yourself. Do not be like one who puts God to the test. Think of God's wrath on the day of death and, on the mo- and of the moment of vengeance when God turns away God's face. In the time of plenty, think of the time of hunger. In days of wealth, think of poverty and need. From morning to evening, conditions change. All things move swiftly before God. One who is wise is cautious in everything. When sin is all around, one guards against wrongdoing. Every intelligent person knows wisdom and praises the one who finds her. Those who are skilled in words become wise themselves and pour forth apt proverbs. Do not follow your base desires, but restrain your appetites. If you allow your soul to take pleasure in base desire, it will make you the laughingstock of your enemies. Do not revel in great luxury, or you may become impoverished by its expense. Do not become a beggar by feasting with borrowed money when you have nothing in your purse. The one who does this will not become rich. One who despises small things will fail little by little. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. A reading from 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, verses 15 through 24. I speak as to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a sharing in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a sharing in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Consider the people of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices partners in the altar? 
What do I imply then? That food sacrificed to idols is anything, or that an idol is anything? No, I imply that what pagans sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be partners with demons. You cannot drink the cup of God and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of God and the table of demons. Or are we provoking God to jealousy? Are we stronger than God? All things are lawful, but not all things are beneficial. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Do not seek your own advantage, but that of the other. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Forgive me, friends, I skipped the canticle between the Hebrew scripture and the epistle. And I'm just going to carry on. But here is the canticle between the epistle and our gospel reading. Canticle K, a song of our adoption. Blessed are you, the God and creator of our Savior Jesus Christ. For you have blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Before the world was made, you chose us to be yours in Christ, that we should be holy and blameless before you. You destined us for adoption as your children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of your will, to the praise of your glorious grace that you have freely given us in the Beloved. In you we have redemption through the blood of Christ, the forgiveness of our sins, according to the riches of your grace which you have lavished upon us. You have made known to us in all wisdom and insight the mystery of your will, according to your good pleasure which you set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time, to gather together all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 18, verses 15 through 20. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the, remember, if the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Creator in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. Just a few thoughts about the scriptures this morning, my friends. Um, One of them is really a little more like a little vignette. When I was reading Psalm 98 and I got to the phrase in verse 7, Let the sea roar and all that fills it. It just reminded me of this personification of the ocean roaring with delight, you know, the way the waves sound, and sometimes it sounds happy. I don't know if that's too fanciful for you. If it is, I'm sorry. But it reminded me of walking home from work on Friday, walking home from the train from work on Friday. 
I passed, they were on the other side of the street, these two adorable curly-headed twins, a boy and a girl, they were toddler age, and they were walking with their father down the sidewalk, and they were stomping and roaring like dinosaurs or monsters, maybe, and they were just the cutest thing I've ever seen, so I picture them when I picture roars of delight, and I just think that joyous playfulness is in short supply right now during the time of pandemic and coming up to the election and everybody just urgent and stressed and feeling scarce. And so maybe as we come to the holiday of All Hallows Eve, the remembrance of All Souls Day, the beauty of fall and the falling leaves and also the grief of those we have lost, Maybe in the middle of all of these things, we can stop and just rejoice in God and God's creation. That would be my prayer for us, friends. Our reading from um, Ecclesiasticus or Sirach is another, you know, good advice one. And it, it reminds me of a conversation that another family member and I were we're having about the uncomfortable history that our family has with money. Um, some of its members, like my aunt, are really good at saving and others um, are not. Uh, kind of the grasshopper ant thing, right? Um, and I certainly wasn't raised in a way that I was a good steward of money. It's something I had to teach myself as an adult. And something that I'm looking to teach my son now, and perhaps I've been a little too serious about it because he doesn't even want the bank account that I'm giving him. But I think the lesson here is is again one of nuance and holding the tension and balance. Because if we hoard and become misers, that is no good. We need to balance and be both generous and also mindful. And I think that the writer puts it well when he goes on to say, don't revel in luxury, right? I think my Quaker forebears have a good hold on this. Live simply and give generously. And that's definitely in this time of at our fingertips and one day deliveries. It's very easy to confuse want and need and to reach out in a moment of desire and impulse buy. And when we can't get out and get around, I think the online shopping becomes, you know, both a, a really needed service, especially for those who are homebound because they are at high risk, but also it it can be a slippery slope there. So I pray that we hold the tension between stewardship and generosity And that the Holy Spirit guides us with all that we have, for it has all been given to us by God. Amen. In our epistle reading from 1 Corinthians, we hear about how we are all one people because we partake of the one bread. I think that's easy to forget right now when there are so many divisions in the church. And divisions in humanity in general. And I would go so far as to say we are all siblings. We are all humans together. And we need to reconnect and feel part of the same family. 
no matter what religious order or denomination we belong to. To remember that we are all created from the same divine substance of which God, God's self is created. And I think the reminder that there is a vast difference between can and should that comes at the end of our epistle reading is really important too because there are lots of things that we are capable of doing, especially those of us in middle-class America like myself. We have a lot of resources, especially compared to other parts of the country and, or I should say other groups in this country, other parts of the world. And what we do with those power, powers and resources matters. And we can, we can get really legalistic about it. And it all comes down to our interpretation of law and of scripture and of doctrine. And I think we really need to, as we've been talking about over this last week, get into a place of close relationship with God so that we can feel, we can know, we can know with a knowing deeper than any rationalization that our minds can pop possibly twist things into to suit ourselves. I'm an excellent arguer. When I, even when I was a child, my mother used to tell me that I, I should grow up and be a lawyer because I was so good at arguing. I'm not a lawyer, by the way, <laughs> but I do find that even with myself, I can argue myself into almost anything. I can, I can rationalize up the wazoo. And so for me, Part of a holistic relationship with God and with myself, part of living a fully integrated life is to really get down to the deepest rooted level with God that I cannot rationalize myself out of, that I cannot argue myself away from God's truth. I hope that makes sense to you. And I know it sounds simplistic. I know it's not. I know it's not easy. I know... The crux of it is spending time with God. And the first step to spending time with God is to figure out how we encounter God. What is the avenue by which we hear God? We feel God's companionship, right? And that can be many things. It can be scripture. It can be music. It can be nature. It can be our children. It can be a combination of all of these, you know. But when when you find the means by which to encounter God, then you got to spend time there and you have to fence that time. For me, it's this morning time. And I, I know my recordings are like half an hour to 40 minutes usually, but the time that I have to fence for that is always longer. And I, I, I can't quite figure out what the exact ratio is. It is about twice as much time to the recorded time. So I have to guard at least an hour um, to an hour and a half if you count like the making of breakfast and, and tea and everything that happens right before I go into prayer. I pray first thing in the morning, but I do some things like I, I take my, my morning beverages with me that I've prepared up here to my little prayer spot in, in the alcove of my bedroom looking out the window. And it just, I'm slow moving in the morning. So it takes me 15 minutes to actually get out of the bed. I've been doing a little morning yoga sun salutation and that's been helping a little. But so I really have to put aside an hour and a half of preparing for 
entering into and praying my morning prayer. And I know that seems extravagant to some. I have tried to do it differently and this is just what it takes for me. And when I start my morning that way, I am rooted and I am grounded in God. And that is, that is the primary way right now that I receive God. And, and so I do that. And sometimes it's at the cost of other things, right? We only have so many minutes and so many hours in the day. Sometimes that means that I haven't food prepped my lunch that morning. Sometimes it means that I lose a little bit of sleep, which I don't like. I think sleep, exercise, and eating right are all important, but I have made this God relationship and the means by which I encounter it for me through prayer, the primal relate or the, I've given it the relationship of primacy in my life. So this is the first thing I do. This is the most important thing I do. This is the thing that I do before I do all other things, whatever else. And the, and the rest of the dominoes may fall after that. And I have found that in honoring this time in this relationship, though I still struggle, I still fall, I still rationalize, I get back up more easily I do less of the falling, if that makes sense, and I don't fall into as deep of a pit. And I think progress is all we can really hope for, right? So may we, in this season of transition, for so many reasons, you know, I, I think it's so beautiful that our liturgical calendar echoes the seasons of the earth and the harvest. And this is a season of transition for us geopolitically and you know, with the pandemic, hopefully we're transitioning to a time where we are going to have more solutions and be able to see our way out. But anyway, in this time of transition, my prayer for us, my friends, is that we may find the means to encounter God and make that come first. Amen. Lastly, and I'm sorry for not connecting things very well today. I guess I feel a little disjointed with the reading. Sometimes I synthesize really well and sometimes I'm not able to, but may the Holy Spirit connect the dots that I cannot, my friends. In our gospel reading from Matthew, I feel like this is such a good instruction for relationships, right? Go and talk about it. If somebody has wounded you, go and talk about it. Come together and first talk about it alone. We get this so wrong all the time. We go talk to our friend, we go talk to, instead of talking to the person who has wounded us. So first, have a one-on-one with that person, if that is at all possible. And this is, this is talking about another member of the church. So this is someone with whom you're in community. And let me be very clear here. This is not appropriate when that person is dangerous, has abused you, has been violent towards you, or is in any way unsafe. This is a person who is a relatively speaking safe person. First, address it alone with them. If that doesn't work, bring a mediator. And I think this goes for personal, professional, and church relationships too. So two, bring a mediator. And if that doesn't work, take it to the governing body. Take it to the people in authority. And I think if all of us followed these simple steps there would be much less festering and much more clear addressing of wounds. I was even talking about this with somebody in authority at work the other day. Um, This person was so frustrated with the 
political climate where we, we just aren't listening. We're just not coming to the table and listening to each other. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Certainly my favorite politics podcast, Pantsuit Politics with Beth and Sarah feels that way. I feel that way. I was, I was kind of surprised to hear that from, from this person of authority in my workplace, but thrilled too. (laughs) And And I think it's so true. We've just got to, before we can problem solve, people need to be heard. They need to feel heard and understood. And, and so often we are listening with closed ears or not listening at all. And I think that this is a great sequence, you know, first come with open arms and minds and hearts to the table and to hear each other. If that doesn't work, then seek some help, bring a mediator, bring a peacekeeper. And if that doesn't work, then bring it before the group, bring it before the people whose responsibility it is to main, maintain peace and harmony and a healthy, healthy functioning organization, whether that organization is the, is the home <laughs> or the workplace or the church. And then the reminder that we are made to be in community and that wherever we are, there also is God and God hears our prayers. And so this is my prayer for us, that we would follow these, these rules that are simple, but difficult because confrontation, especially gentle, loving confrontation is never easy. Well, I should say rarely easy instead of being so absolutist and, and also May we trust God that God knows better than we do. And, and may we, and one of my, my spiritual friends, um, and I were talking about this the other day, may we bring things to God in total trust and lay them with abandon on God's altar to do with what God will. Cause God knows better what to do with that that troubles us or delights us than we do. Praying for a particular outcome can be very narrow-minded. So may we trust in God that God's will will be done and it will be for our greater good, greater than we can ever imagine. Amen. Let us now affirm our faith together, my friends. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit. God strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. We are going to use in place of the suffrages as we have been, the prayers from the Iona Book of Prayer. Into your care, O God, we place those whom we love, those for whom we worry, 
those from whom in time or place or affection we are distant. Into your care, O God, we place what grieves us and what inspires us and fills us with hope. Into your care, O God, we give ourselves. God bless to us our bodies. God bless to us our souls. God bless to us our lives. God bless to us our belief. Let us share the prayer that Jesus taught us in our own language or preferred version. Our Creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us in the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. May the blessing of light be upon us, light without and light within. May the moon, sun, and stars shine on us and warm every heart till it glows like a great fire so that strangers and friends may come in and find welcome. May light shine out from our eyes like a candle set in a window. And may God bless us with goodness and loving kindness. Amen. The Collect for Proper 25 Almighty and everlasting God, increase in us the gifts of faith, hope, and charity, and that we may obtain what you promise. Make us love what you command. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A Collect for Sundays O God, you make us glad with the weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of your begotten, our Savior. Give us this day such blessing through our worship of you, that the week to come may be spent in your favor. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. A Collect for Peace O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you as eternal life and to serve you as perfect freedom, defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Let us use as we have been the prayer of St. Francis as our prayer, or the prayer attributed to St. Francis as our prayer for mission. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Dear God, we intercede on behalf 
of all who are hurting today, of all who grieve, of all who struggle, of all who despair. We ask God that you may help us to see a moment of joy and to seize it and to roar with delight that even just for a moment, your joyful presence is so apparent in our world. God, we ask you to help us in this season where we are preparing our pledges to our respective churches, where we are looking at the fiscal year to come. Help us to hold the tension between stewardship and generosity. Help us to see the intersection between the two and help us to be both generous and also good stewards of what you have given us. Help us to be prepared and also to hold loosely and to trust in you, O God. God, may you pour upon us so that we may pour out to others. May we have, first of all, generosity of spirit and the compassion that flows from being rooted firmly in your love, O God. God, we pray that we may remember that we are all one body brought together by you, created by you, that we are all one in you. May we know the difference between can and should. May we build substantial and rooted and deep, bone deep, soul deep, marrow deep relationship with you, God, so that we may know your truth in a way that is unshakable by ourselves or by others. May we return to the wellspring of your love and draw from it whenever we are in need, dear God. God, when we are in conflict in any location of our lives, may we be wholehearted and integrated. And first, if the person is safe to address alone, address this with open minds and open hearts. Come to them, be vulnerable, share our woundedness, and listen for their response openly. If peace is not the result, let us ask for help from the peacemakers around us. And if if there is still not reconciliation, let us bring it with love and with a desire for an outcome of reconciliation to those who are responsible for peace, concord, and healthy relationship in our communities. In the holy name of Jesus Christ, all this we pray. Amen. Let us say together the prayer of St. Chrysostom. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time, with one accord, to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved incarnate that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us. 
granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. We live without fear for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.